point of shadow work is is making the consciousness to go into your darker emotions, your darker limiting beliefs, you know, you're accessing pain, past pain, past stories, and also images of, of yourself that you've recreated unconsciously through people's negative perceptions of you and how that has showed up in other areas yeah. of your life and where you're sabotaging. So it's kind of this like upheaval of everything. And it's really good to do during the waning dark of the moon. And you kind <laughs> of observe it and you allow it all to come to the surface. And hopefully by the new moon, you can convert all of that negativity into positivity. And I'm telling you 99% of the time, you'll look at all of this shame and all this type of stuff and be like, this isn't even me. Like this, none of this is even true. This is all cognitive distortions. Like what the hell, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's so funny how that works. It's the magical Halloween, friends, and the veil is thin, the veil is thin, and we chat about that actually a bit on the show, which was beautiful, but hello, hello, Jaima, it is Raquel, welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul, and as always, the sponsors that you hear today and their special offers may be linked in the show notes, along with ways to connect with the Your Own Magic community, and my shop, Eyes of Aspen is open for the season so eyesofaspen.com and thank you so much for everyone who has been supporting i have been loving sending out little notes and thanking you for supporting the small business my new little endeavor which has been a joy and another joy is this guest today he's such a phenomenal human alex kazemi he's a canadian pop artist author journalist and the chief executive officer of void collective and he may be familiar with his popular magical book pop magic a simple guide to bending your reality which we covered in 2020 he came on the show for the first time at that time and now i'm happy to have him on for around two but this time i mean he didn't even have anything to promote he just came on to have a conversation and we actually just let the conversation flow to see wherever it would go no agenda really and we ended up covering a variety of topics from being in the midst of letting go of control especially with food or time or perfectionism and eclipse season pre-eclipse season which is when we recorded this right now we're all in eclipse season right and also how this may move through us how we might dance with it and also why witches do not cast spells or they recommend at least to not cast spells during this time but but still do tarot all the other ways to connect of course through this thin veil and everything else and the motif of the podcast seemed to be shadow which I mean how fitting for Halloween right it was perfect so we cover a lot of shadow work and our shadows how to do shadow work how to not shame or resist the shadows and work with the lunar cycle with our shadow and so much more and yeah it's full of gold it's full of gold he really had nothing to promote he just came on to chat but of course you must check out his book pop magic that came out a few years ago and it's a brilliant witchy masterpiece that helps you harness the force of magic with the universe and he doesn't even have social media and manifested quite a successful launch with i don't know madonna madonna sharing his book on her socials <laughs> not too shabby and it was forwarded by rose mcgowan which is pretty cool and yeah, I love having a non-social media friend as well. He understands the beauty, the peace it is to not have to feel obligated to be posting in the world. Uh, we're still doing pretty good. We're still doing pretty good. And I think everyone can. I have a burner TikTok account and I believe he has a burner TikTok account. It's it's nice to feel connected in some way. My TikTok account is, uh, the algorithm is basically just Swifty TikTok, which by the way, listen to her new album, Midnight's brilliant 
and also uh, other music and uh, spiritual TikTok, of course, or witchy TikTok, which I love it. I'm here for it. So if you post on any of those sides of TikTok, then there's a good chance that I come across it. And I thank you for your service. Also comedy TikTok, stand-up comedy TikTok. But I also do have a Facebook that I've made solely for the Euro Magic Facebook group. Feel free to say hello to the Yomis in the group if you haven't already. Also, uh, trigger warning, by the way. So in the beginning, we talk about a shadow of ours around food. So if you do not feel comfortable hearing anything about eating disorders or disordered eating and letting go of control, then I would fast forward to about 20, maybe 22 minutes ahead. And just to be safe, maybe 22, maybe 25 minutes ahead to be safe. So yeah. Anyway, with all that being said, I hope you enjoy Alex's magic and let the magic begin. Man, I wish that we were recorded the beginning of the podcast because it was so cute. And I just love organic conversations. <laughs> Me too. It was so, and it was so beautiful getting to catch up like that too. I love That's it. true. That's true. How is, are you in Vancouver right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Um, it's been interesting transition, right? Because I was kind of like, I kind of escaped to the suburbs like a lot of people did during the, you know, worst of the pandemic and that weird yeah. two years. And wow like returning to the matrix of the city is so bizarre so you're back in the matrix how does that feel it's it really shows you that the suburbs um offer people a different opportunity of of uh, internal peace and, and lifestyle but i feel like the reason i keep getting sent back to cities is because I can't keep avoiding parts of myself that get confronted when I live here. And I feel like the more I spiritually avoid, the more um, I'm kind of filling up my quota to get, you know, more shadow work done, you know? So I feel like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Is it's, it happening? Oh, 100%. It's, it's good for you right now that you're there. I'm actually kind of craving city life. I've been in the suburbs for a bit now and I'm not gonna lie like I love it I love how peaceful and quiet it is and it's also been nice taking care of a dog in the suburbs right there's a yard and yeah it's just it's beautiful and I'm looking out from my window and it's just so peaceful quiet beautiful sunny snowy um but at the same time uh, there's something within me craving the city life that energy and I think it's perhaps because it's time for my human and also my soul wants to learn some lessons from that experience Yeah, no, for sure. And and I think like that dichotomy is is so true. You know, like I feel the soul is so at rest in the suburbs in a way because it's so accommodating this type of peaceful, quiet lifestyle. But when you're in the city, you know, and if you're a sense energetically sensitive person, like you're picking up people's energies, you know, and oh yeah, it's in Vancouver, especially the homelessness has really gone up like post pandemic. And so there's all these different, the crime rates up. So it's kind of like this dystopian society, this video game that you walk out to and you leave the house. And so there's a lot, there was a lot of sense of grief of like, okay, I'm not the same person anymore, which is great. But like, now I have to accommodate the new person that I am with the process of living in the city. Mm, and yes. Yeah. How do you feel that you're acclimated now that you've been in the city for a while? And do you feel like you've accommodated this new human, this new version of yourself? It, it took, it took a while because um, I can be pretty like, like um OCD about like my habits and like eating and like I can be a, a big control freak like it's a big shadow of mine so like losing really? a lot of like yeah like losing a lot of routine 
around Uh that and trying to get back into that and then seeing so much aspects of of myself and learning about oh well why do I have this really controlling relationship with food and is it about needing like a pat on the head from doing the right correct thing or is it about what I need to do to nourish my body in an intuitive way if that makes sense oh I've been there so that totally makes sense what do you feel what do you feel like it is do you think it has more to do with the controller do you think it has more to do with the fact that you feel like you're just nourishing your human in this healthy way I I think this is what I learned is is that you can't in a way you know neglect the high consciousness and the high nutritional information that we have in this era. And that also your own experiments being like, okay, well, you know, if I eat that specific weight, I actually do feel really good versus like eating whatever I want. Cause I think like, like for me in like a kind of like eating disorder recovery, like, like it was all about like intuitive eating. Right. And like, so it was, there was so much freedom amongst that. But now I think that in the middle ground, there can be a little, I can introduce restraint in a way that is about continuously eating healthy versus like, you know, being so controlling, like macros and all that type of stuff. Oh my gosh, Alex, I did not realize. I'm so glad that we decided that we'd likely just go with the flow with the conversation because I didn't realize it would go here. And this is lighting me up because I feel like I'm experiencing the same thing though. At the same time, I'm still in that when it comes to my recovery, I've been in recovery for a while, but but I'm, I'm patient with myself. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to rush recovery to finally get to the point where I'm like, okay, I can go back to eating a certain way. Cause I'm still in the point right now where I'm like, I'm not going to demonize any food group. Uh, yes, you know, yes, my body yes, yes, is yes. craving something. I'm going to allow it. And, yes. I'm not going, and it's been so healing from a human. I'm much happier. People see a total shift in my yes. vibration and my yes. aura and my radiance, because I no longer feel like food controls my life where literally every thought used to be about food. And now it's oh my God, only when I'm hungry. I know. And it's so exhausting. Like people don't understand what it's like to have, like, like my people don't really under, I mean, some people do, but like having a scarcity consciousness related to food, like people don't Oof. really like understand what it's yeah. like to have that anxious attachment with food and like constantly yeah. be thinking of like, Oh, what I'm going to eat, what am I going to eat? Or like, you know, is there food going to be there when you have the money and you know that you're privileged enough to eat and all this type of stuff yet there's this vibration of like so much scarcity and it's ridiculous, but it's so deep and so internal. And like, I've been kind of like in that space and kind of like, you know, not battling it, but I think what kind of brought all of this stuff back for me is when I started working out really hard and realizing that, you know, to accommodate body goals, you need to eat a certain way. And that right. is just like, God damn, you know, like I'm like, yeah, no, just, I hear you really hard place in recovery. Yeah. That's right. That's why I've had to let go of certain body goals for a while. And I'm okay with that. And yeah. you know, what's wild. I actually gained a lot of weight at first during my eating disorder recovery, yeah. but now that I'm, I've hit some sort of equilibrium and also I'm not shaming weight gain because you know what? We're human. I'm also a woman. I'm 30. It happens. Yeah, and yeah, it's actually it's beautiful. a beautiful thing. Very it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. And, um, and I love it. I love it. But also I noticed that naturally my body just has come to this equilibrium where I've, you know, lost some weight from the initial weight gain. And, you know, I'm just at a healthy space now. And it's because 
I've really worked on that shadow and that was a real, that was perhaps one of my biggest shadows, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I hate talking about weight because I don't want to trigger anybody. So I'll just say that, but yeah, yeah. I needed, I needed to, yeah, go up there. Yeah, no, (laughs) exactly. And I think like, um, like, you know, I think something that really helped me in my eating disorder recovery was like one step at a time, you know, like, and like that really, and like one day at a time and like one hour at a time and like, when I got to that space of when my therapist told me like, okay, you're, you're actually like a part of this recovery is intuitive eating. And when I got into that and I was, it was just so, I felt so much abundance versus like the the scarcity and the lack that was driven by my eating disorder. So it was like, yeah, I want to, yeah, I, I, I want to do the dance of the equilibrium, you know? Yes. Oh, chills, Alex, because yeah, I remember feeling so ravenous all the time, even though I was eating the healthiest, purest, most natural foods, which does work for some people. Some people thrive. I have a friend, one of my best friends, she's been raw vegan for 16 years now, but it like works for her. She does not have any sort of eating disorder. It's just something that she's been doing for a long time because that works for her body. And I'm so proud of her. However, for myself, I know myself and when, and I start to become ravenous when I, you know, demonize or let go of certain foods or cooked foods or anything. And then I start to binge and it's just not a healthy cycle. Whereas when I decided to let go of all of the noise and all of the stories and all the narratives of nutrition and just allow myself to eat intuitively of whatever it was, it's so wild how that was my healer. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting that you mentioned that because I also went through that exact same thing. Like I would unconsciously go to these naturopaths and like become like really like orthorexic, like obsessed with like health and control. And I would be like, I would still do all these things and feel like shit and still do it and and yep. put myself <laughs> into it so I could fit the <laughs> image and the checklist of, okay, you're doing the right thing for your body. And it's so funny yep. and ironic. Cause it's like, wait, I didn't even take a second to think of when I was like basically starving myself all the time, eating in a certain like um, lifestyle diet that how horrible I felt all the time. And like the worst part was not sleeping and having the sleep deprivation from being starving all the time. And then that affecting my daily life. People need to talk about that more because that was awful. Absolutely. And also I started becoming addicted to other things. Yeah. And yeah, I I had a hard time sleeping and oh yeah, that is so true. And so for anyone listening, I mean, I feel like that there's a lot of people that are going through this right now, or they know deep down, because I feel like for a long time, I wanted to ignore the shadow that I was experiencing because I thought that, oh, well, I'm still just living such a healthy lifestyle, but I knew deep down it wasn't right. And so perhaps for some of you listening, though, it's hard. This is a sign for some of you listening as well. It works for you. Good for you. You know, deep down what's right for you. And it's a deeper metaphor. What we're talking about, this can apply to any type of shadow in your life. Like you don't have to fit into an image if your soul and your higher self is guiding you and saying, no, no, this actually doesn't feel right. You don't no matter how much you desire that, because there is the the proper version of, of your, of your not proper, because I don't want to use like, you know, perfection words, but you know, like what your <laughs> soul deserves, you know, yeah. in that way. Oh, absolutely. And so, I mean, since this is a shout out for you, it's also a shout out for me and we've done shadow work around it. I'm curious, what does shadow work 
mean to you? And also, I was curious how you practice shadow work. It's perfect because, right, buckle up, everyone. It's eclipse season, you know, so it's a, <laughs> it's a Scorpio eclipse tomorrow. And then it's the Taurus eclipse in two weeks. I don't, you know, prop, I, don't, I don't know when the episode's going to drop, but, you know, it's the 31st it's, or okay, the 30th. Cool. So whatever will be eclipse season. <laughs> It will be okay. Yes. So it drops. So right now we're talking on eclipse Eve, as you say, and yeah, this episode will drop on Halloween, which is perfect because we wanted a witchy vibes episode. And I can't believe I'm so happy that Halloween is on the 31st, which is a Monday, which is when this episode comes out. So this is perfect. Let's stick to the theme. Exactly. It's synchronistic. And there's a reason why we are going to talk about shadow work and a variety of things. Yeah, for sure. So what you were asking me about shadow work. So for me, the way that I have um, interpreted shadow work is kind of like going within the self and revealing the un- the uncomfortable uh, feelings and trauma and inadequacy that um, we-, we all deal with. You know, it's so funny how that works. Like when we encounter a shadow, we think it's so peculiar and individual to us, but it really belongs to the collective. It really is all of us as one. So when we're looking at a shadow, we're also looking at a mirror of the shadow that a person that you might think is perfect is actually also dealing with. So the point of shadow work is, is making the consciousness to go into your darker emotions, your darker limiting beliefs, you know, you're accessing pain, past pain, past stories, and also um, images of, of yourself that you've recreated unconsciously through people's negative perceptions of you and how that has showed up in other areas yeah. of your life and where you're sabotaging. So it's kind of this like upheaval of everything. And it's really good to do during the waning dark of the moon. And you kind <laughs> of observe it and you allow it all to come to the surface. And hopefully by the new moon, you can convert all of that negativity into positivity. And I'm telling you 99% of the time, you'll look at all of this shame and all this type of stuff and be like, this isn't even me. Like this, none of this is even true. This is all cognitive distortions. Like what the hell, you know, it's so funny how that works. Yeah. It's just the human being human, but it's really not us. It's really not part of who we are. It's just somehow we latched on to some sort of narrative or idea yeah, at the same time, it can also, as easily as you latch onto it, it can also easily be shed. Yeah, yeah. And and like um like Kabbalistically, they would tell us that it's like the the opponent, like like that that a part of being here in this realm, in this spiritual realm, and our soul being in this material world is that the ego is actually looking out for us. All this negativity yeah. is here to be transmuted into gold, into into your own light. That, yes. that the, and then I think like also even doing public shadow work with you on this podcast actually felt very cathartic because shadow work can be a very private, you know, kind of like, you know, right. like hidden in your bedroom, you know, like, wow, like tears, you know, such a type of thing, but to be able to express it publicly, actually, I even felt more alchemy. So you think that people sharing their shadows with the world is actually more healing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that when you reveal, I mean, if you think about it, like there are pop stars or people who exist in our culture as archetypes. And, you know, when people relate to them, when they present a form of self-loathing, the reason there's such a high level of resonance is because we keep all of this stuff private, you know, and I do believe in dealing with trauma in in private and and things like that. But I also believe that there are things that we can give and share for the form of service so that yeah. we can make others feel less alone. Absolutely. And also it's a process. I, there's a few 
shadows that I've uh, recently brought back to memory, though I've always kind of, I've always remembered it. I just didn't want to see it. And they're pretty traumatizing from my adolescence. And it's okay that I'm, they're coming up now because I had other stuff I had to work on before they came up. And that's the thing. We're always going to have some, it's likely that we're always going to have something come up and that's okay. Cause I think I was like, why, why didn't I let this go a long time ago? I've been doing so much work for a while. What in the world? But I realize now, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's so funny you say that too, because it's like, there, there's the story that, um, Janet Jackson would talk about in in the 90s during her album, The Velvet Rope, which was all about her kind of like uh, transmuting her own shadow. I think it was even done during her Saturn's return. But um, she would talk oh, about chills. how she would wake up um, with this um, anxiety from her childhood when uh, when a teacher made her feel stupid. And here we have the most like famous superstar on the planet. And then they're feeling this sense of inadequacy and this trauma. It's like no one can escape the the responsibility of doing shadow work. And I think one of the blessings of living in this spiritual era where we do throw around certain um, occult or metaphysical terms could be that, you know, we're elevating as a consciousness and that we could really, really do this stuff. And you've seen the benefits of shadow work in your own life. And I've seen it in mine. And I, I totally agree with you. Like, it's so funny to me, like, why does it feel like, oh, I cut the, the head of that. Why did the head regrow? You know, yeah. do you know what yeah. I mean? Like the Hydra beast. Oh, oh I know. Oh, yeah. I know. It is. Yeah. It it's is. so strange. And sometimes you feel like you've healed this aspect and then it just ends up manifesting. Oh, yeah. A larger way. And that can be so frustrating. How do you deal with this experience? <laughs> it is really frustrating because I don't like, like as a spiritual person, I want to just keep moving forward and evolving. And when I find myself stuck in an old movie or an old tape I'm like what are we doing here like this is so old and this is like claustrophobic (laughs) and suffocating and I'm like you know okay maybe it's just you just you knit and nick it away you know it's like little by little like you know I can't just expect that oh this huge type of trauma is gonna disappear through a dark of the moon shadow work it's like no it's like the fact that I'm consciously working on it and chipping it away is is a blessing in itself when most people, unfortunately, we live in a way where all of this stuff lives in our unconsciousness and it comes out in very nefarious ways. And it still does, even when you do shadow work. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because this is not a perfect world, right? This is an imperfect experience. Well, perfectly imperfect experience. Humans are human and your human's going to continue living this human experience because your soul, I mean, this is at least what I believe. I believe that our soul came here to learn a variety of different lessons. Yep. And so whatever darkness or shadows or humans might be experiencing, though they really suck in the moment, yeah, they really do it, enlighten you in some way, shape or form, expand you, especially when you listen to them and not run from them and then you might release it or you might just transmute it in a certain way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, even there will be moments where I'm like looking at myself and I'm like, wow, like I just did so much shadow work and I still reacted that way. You know, I was like, and I was like, but then I look at it and I'm like, okay, the fact that I'm even hyper aware of this process is a blessing from, you know, the light source, God or anything versus could you imagine the, the spiritual hell that would be just choosing to live on autopilot like that and not wanting to change or not wanting to evolve or not having any desire for change. 
Yeah. And I know that you believe that we can change these autopilot automatic behaviors yeah. and into something positive. How do you yeah. think we can go about this? Cause I agree. I definitely agree. I think it, I think the way that it takes place is sort of, you know, Kabbalistically, we would say that, you know, it's the things that make us reactive. Those are the things that are tied with all of our fears and our, and our, and our, um, you know, anxieties and negativities or things like that. Like, you know, sometimes I will feel like a a reactive um, reaction to something that is something that you wouldn't think would make me upset. And then I have to really go back and be like, Hey, why did this upset me? And I have to examine it and I will find a solution. I'll be like, okay, I have to send love and light to that person. I have to do this Mm. to grow. So it's like, it's very like the universe is like mathematical in a lot of ways, you know, like you're going to be given all of the trials and the turbulence for your, for your correction, for the things you have to correct in, in your soul. Yes. So it's a waning moon and I don't know if it is right now. Is it? It is. Oh yeah. It is. Okay. (laughs) See, that's the thing. You are so in tune with every a moon phase, every lunar phase, and even beyond that, you're just very in tune with what is going up in the sky, right? Thank you're very you to Marin Altman, always. <laughs> okay, is it Marin that helps? I love it. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I, I watch. Her, I mean, she moved like her like dailies to like TikToks, so and I watch it like kind of every day. But like, I find I that it. I really appreciate um, what she gives to the world, and I'm, yeah. she's very gifted. She is very, very gifted. And so are you. And you're very still, regardless, you're still very in tune with what's going on in the universe and the stars with the planets. And you know that it's eclipse Eve. You reminded me of that. I was like, oh yeah, huh? Um, Were you feeling (laughs) it? Well, you know what? I, yesterday, and I didn't even realize it, but I felt so drained. I had the most well, not the most busy. I had a very busy week because I just launched my shop and I had Yay. literally like seven interviews. <laughs> like Ooh. I had, it was a lot. It was a lot this week. Plus of course, editing and everything. So it was a lot. And then, so yesterday I did something I haven't done in a long time after I finished up work early in the day, I just went on the couch and I literally binge Netflix for nine and a half episodes of Sweet Magnolias all the way till past midnight. And I have no shame. It was so nice. That's where you go. That's sometimes where you go. It's so, it's so cathartic. And I, and I also think something that's kind of controversial that I'm going to say, but I think you'll agree with it is that try sometimes to not um, internalize the fear mongering around astrology and see how these things appear in your life without kind of knowing and just as an experiment and then then go back and say oh okay wait maybe there was something here in a trans or thing like that with a professional astrologer or you know just by looking up some research of what someone said like a few weeks later but kind of I can see that some people get a little OCD around like oh my god Saturn trying this and I can't do this because you know (laughs) it's so debilitating and we don't want um, we want to overcome the heavens. Like we don't want to, we don't want the stars to impel or we want them to compel, you know? Yeah. Just like how we don't want food to control us. We don't want to feel controlled yeah. by the stars as well, but it just, just naturally happens. So for whatever reason, I feel like yesterday I just needed to recharge because I was so drained and that was the one way. Cause I could be with my puppy. I thought about, and it just felt so And you good. earned it. And you earned it. I earned it. I definitely yeah. earned it. But yeah, so that was my yesterday's pre 
well, still an even a sense. It was two days before the eclipse. And so who knows about tonight? I feel recharged and energized though, but I do still feel like not doing anything super out there. I kind of want to yeah. just like chill, probably journal. And yeah, it's very withdrawn yep. time, very chill time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. How about you? What do you, what's your, um, what's your experience been like pre-eclipse? Well, for me as a cancer, right? Um, like I experience the dark of the moon in a pretty like uh, specific way. Like I can, I can watch my moods and my feelings like track with it. So like by the time from the full moon to the new moon, like it's pretty much all like ambient and quiet and going within. And I see sort of maybe what people would perceive as negative events showing up in my life and things that I have to work on. So it's kind of been like that, but for the eclipse Eve, I feel, I want to feel a sense of optimism. You know, there's so many people who put so much anger and fear towards eclipses and, you know, they want to escape this uh, uncomfortable time, but I want to approach it with, optimism and maybe I'll bite my tongue about that but I'm like you know what <laughs> it's moving I can't control it there I'm going to surrender yeah. to the Scorpio eclipse and just make it about metamorphosis for me and reflect on yes. how much I've I've grown and how much I'm going to continue to grow and try to align myself with the archetype of Scorpio because a lot of planets are about to be in Scorpio everyone so right <laughs> right oh that's intense too that's very intense sure. my puppy's a cancer oh I didn't ask what's your what's your dog because my puppy's a cancer, cancer. Yeah. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara, and it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formulas set the bar high with uncompromising standards, so no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order.
When you have more of a anxious attachment style, or maybe even, unfortunately, a lot of people who have had trauma have disorganized attachment styles, and there's never a sense of like emanating <laughs> energy, you know, animals yeah. can really show us what abundance is and, and unconditional oh, yeah. love. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I didn't realize how I know he was meant to come into my life. You know, what's also wild is the day he was born. I was actually in San Diego. I had no idea I was going to get a dog in eight weeks. Right. Yeah. I was in San Diego. I was on the beach and I saw the, on the beach, I saw these beautiful seashells that were opened up into split into two, like they were angel wings and the the shore it was at coronado they have like gold dust sprinkled around oh, i beautiful, don't know if it beautiful. i think it's natural i think it's natural but it's so beautiful it's like gold or maybe it's a pyrite or something but right it's oh. sprinkled it's sprinkled around with the angel wings and so i took the most beautiful majestic picture and i felt like i was you know connected to my angels when i took that picture and i had no idea that that day that i saw that and i really felt deeply in tune with my angels with my guides in that moment that I had no idea that day that he was born wow that's so cool (laughs) I knew his birthday so I was like I wonder what I was doing the day he was born and I saw that picture and I just got chills you got it you got you were totally divinely guided and protected for and you got a total message and you you knew I I know those days too it's weird like you know that it's just there's something coming a gift that is is on its way and your whole body is beaming and you're just so aligned and so connected I mean like something that I've kind of been doing um just as like a like a bit of a a magician is is I've tried um you know days where I don't do just as an experiment like an energetic experiment where I don't do all my daily prayers and connections and rituals to angels and you know the light and source of you know the source of all energy of the universe and man if you see the the way the events unfold in the days versus what i do and when i don't i was shocked by the data i was wow oh my God. i was like tell me no well, wonder you love to stick to routine though and ritual <laughs> yeah so basically when i was when i when i kind of neglected all of it just as an experiment i could feel a lot of heaviness a lot of earthliness a lot of ego desires would come up there would be um, I would go back into that autopilot vortex, really bad scenarios would start to unfold and emerge. And like, um, it was very strange. It was like literally leaving my old consciousness or reality or vibration. It was in not a good way. And then I'm telling you, as soon as I go right back into my, my prayers and just my daily connections and, you know, sobriety prayers, all this type of stuff, it's like, immediately the entire day is completely different from those days without you know god so to speak like when i'm godless when i choose to be godless when you choose to be godless well i feel like regardless whether you are doing those prayers or not you're not godless no 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 (laughs) no 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 you're right i'm not i'm not godless but you know when i'm not i'm not making the conscious effort to make connection right right and download the energies right because it's a daily thing you have to reprogram yes. your mind every morning with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of people are very pro being disciplined and I didn't fully realize that till I totally during the pandemic, I was just like 
so not in the zone. I don't yeah. know. I just, I wasn't into doing anything. Were you except for maybe meditating on occasion? What? Were you like nihilistic feeling? I was, I was becoming, a, I, I had a dark night of soul moment. I would even talk about it on the podcast where I was yeah. like, I don't know what's going on with me. Like, why <laughs> am I fi- feeling a little nihilistic? Cause this is not like me. Yeah. Um, but then I felt this connection with angels with, I think it was because I w- had a, I spiraled down as in, so much pain yes. that I knew I had to turn to light and I knew it was there, even though I was denying oh, it. So beautiful. And, yeah. and then for whatever reason, also that was towards the end of healing my eating disorder that I didn't realize it was so bad, you know? Yes, and yes. I, so yeah, I started just taking, um, not control, but just uh, actually letting go and surrendering and, you know, I changed my eating habit to be something that was more intuitive. And I changed my uh, exercise routine to be something that was more gentle. And oh, I love it that. depended gentle. on it just, yes, it just depended on my mood. And then, you know, I, then I started to get back into all of the witchy things and the meditations and uh, especially learning about my grandma and then knowing that she was a witch, which wow, unfortunately so I know, I know. And she probably would have taught me a lot of the witchy things if she didn't pass before I died right? or before yeah. she died. Yeah. But um, that's interesting. That was a weird Freudian slip. I died. What if I'm like her reincarnate? <laughs> oh, I, who knows? I mean, she's probably always <laughs> guiding you, you know, towards, towards this stuff. And I love the way you just described approaching reality with a form of gentleness, because that is what I want to define what my late twenties are going to be versus what my early uh, twenties were, because I'm kind of being sent back to a certain, it's almost like I'm asked right now by the universe to redo my past. I get a second chance at um, a scenario that I brought a lot of ego and a lot of chaos and a lot of intensity into. And now that I'm older and I'm going into it, I can see that with the gentle vibration, I can still get all the same amount of work done. And I can even be more um, aligned with my spiritual values. And um, it's funny because that younger self, like, I think like my biggest shadow, like I'll probably, I'll just say it on the podcast is, is that like, I can um, uh, create like versions of reality that are intense and numbing as a way for me to avoid pain, right? So like I Mm. will anesthetize myself through a lot of um, sensory information or things or like uh, sensory images or things like that. Or I I will deliberately put myself into chaos as a way to like avoid taking care of myself and being my highest self. And it's a weird like thing that I've, I've really battled and I really got to see it so clearly on the Scorpio eclipse. And I'm so grateful for that because I'm like, okay, I've really caught this, this time that I can now see what I'm doing. And it usually is so interesting because I was talking about this um, with um, Charlie Grant. He's like, he's Lana Del Rey's brother. And we were talking about um, like addiction. And I was like, you know, I feel like I have this revelation that addiction is all about like um, trying to change your relationship with time, you know? And he was like, yeah, I think, I think that's what addiction is, is you're trying to regulate and speed up time and I and I totally that just changed my life Whoa. because I was like that is so crazy because any time that I get back into those bad cycles is is when I'm in a state of impatience or I want something mm. or I want to yeah. f- avoid the feeling of of discomfort before something that I re- want to receive and I was like wow now that I've caught that 
I can know what I'm doing and that I can just allow myself to experience time as it is rather than me trying to create this like metaphysical knob through addiction where I can go, okay, I can speed time up or I can slow it down. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. I never realized that that could potentially be why people experience addiction. And that makes a lot of sense because they want to, I've always thought of it, people just wanting to numb themselves or whatever it is, but, or distract themselves from whatever their human has gone through. But I mean, another form of self-sabotage is also, yeah, wanting to control time. And that is very interesting. I never thought, wow. Well, for people that are also for their shadow has a lot to do with a similar form of self-sabotage. Um, do you have any messages? For- oh yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. What are yes, they? What are they? Because they're all, cause, cause everyone, I hope people understand that they're like spiritual people that you listen to on podcasts on this type of stuff. We're really looking out what we give to others is what we're also, you know, we're, we're really talking to our lower selves as well. You know, like it's, it's not like I have any knowledge that anyone else doesn't, you know, it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling as much as you are. So I'm, I'm just sharing it. Um, so for me, what I found to be like the, the, you know, Pandora's box of how to speed up time is technology. Like if you're on a phone or you're like scrolling, you can, you can change time. Like you can speed it all up by just, you can watch time disappear by doing that. So I would try to have a more conscious spiritual relationship with technology and knowing when you get into those bubbles and try to snap yourself out of it and go do something in the material world, like go for a walk or like, you know, call a friend or, you know, do go to a movie, you know, don't go, don't jump into the screen and go down that as a way to just numb yourself because you're making your, you're consciously putting yourself into a lower vibration and you're also attracting lower vibrational scenarios while doing that. And you're consciously doing it. So it's like, you don't want to do that as a person who's becoming aware of all of this stuff and the law, uh, becoming aware of um, the law of attraction and what we magnetize towards us. When we go down those journeys, we do have to, if we have the knowledge to believe that there is treasure, a treasure chest at the end of the tunnel, like our, our access to our true self or our soul, you know, or becoming more closer to who we are during those type of um, more difficult, difficult journeys. And I also want to say this, you know, like there is so, nothing is inherently negative or bad. Like if you are there if you're feeling like you are in a good vibration and you're in a good mood and it feels right to go on Instagram for an hour or to scroll or to all that type of stuff and it feeds you and it adds you up then that's that's something beautiful even with Netflix binges and all this type of stuff it's all about the vibration you're in and how and how you're um and if you're in a state of like avoiding or numbing you know but if you're in a state of discomfort or desire or lack. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to try to numb this to speed up time because I want something to go faster. I'm waiting for that, you know, person to respond to me on Tinder and I'm, I'm obsessing over them. And I just want to like kill time until <laughs> they respond. And you're being, you're doing that stuff. That is, <laughs> that is chaos. And that, that is inherent, that that's not good, but that's right. I only laugh be- because I've been there. That's yeah. The everyone has. It's, it's so yeah. funny. It's like they, the corporations and everyone kind of want us in these, this vibrational vortex of chaos. But I mm-hmm. think that, um, I think what I was trying to say is, is that like, if you've done, like you're working on your thesis or something, or like you've worked really hard and you've put in, you know, your delayed gratification and you're like, or like what Raquel said about like doing seven podcasts and launching your store. And you're like, okay, 
now I'm going to do the seven hour Netflix binge. It's like the Netflix binge will feel so much better and it won't feel like numbing or trying to escape something because you're actually literally you, your soul has earned that reward. You're not just (laughs) taking light or stealing light. No, exactly. And you needed, I needed something to do. I was, it was my waking hours, but I needed something to do to recharge. And that's what it was. My body, my soul, my human all wanted to recharge. So, okay. So since it is Halloween, yes, I wanted to ask, (laughs) do you have any sort of, I mean, of course, I think that you've inspired us to go through and do some shadow work. I know that I recently, like I said, had a certain shadow come to me that was really, really big. And I cried about it. And I only told my parents and I don't, I don't know, like, that's like, this. it's, it's a big one. Um, And it was something that I blocked from my memory, obviously, but um, it came back to me. So I'm going to be working with it. This eclipse indeed. Do you work with your shadows during eclipse season? Yes. Yes. I think this is the best time to do it. And I, I wouldn't, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, I think like probably you have, have probably noticed this theme as, you know, with having your audience and also the responsibility of having a, a spiritual podcast in the world. Like a lot of us, when we focus on spirituality, we focus on getting and receiving and manifestation or how am I going to get this? Or how am I going to live my dream? life? And that's, that's all great. And that knowledge is those tools are all out there, but I do think that conversation needs to shift on how am I going to internally change and feel comfortable in my own skin and feel happy so that I can vibe and do that work with the resources so I can vibrate to my dream life. Oh, chills. Okay. So now for Halloween though, do you have any sort of witchy tips or anything yeah. else that you plan on doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people should, um, well, I mean like through the witch wheel of the year, it's Samhain, you know, which is probably, it's a, I think it's 15 degrees Scorpio. So like it, I, I do Samhain, like when it's like the prop, you know, I'm, I am kind of like astrologically controlling about that part because of the wheel of the year, <laughs> like there's the 15 degree Scorpio, I think, which is like the window of Well, Samhain it's also part they- of your thing. If I'm being honest, you're, you're super into that. And I think that that's one of the beauties about you is that you are so connected with whatever's going on with the universe and you therefore also yeah show up I have to accept it that. as like a part of me like integrated it is it's yeah. cool it's a, it's a part of you and also yeah. it's part of your superpower and helping people also what is your moon sign my moon sign Sag there we go it's probably the cap rising in you yeah oh yeah oh I love the cap yeah I love cap rising energy and I think that um I think like, yeah, so so what people would want to do to get a little witchy on Halloween is try just to connect to like the childhood idea of magic, you know, like what like the idea that there are different things out in the world, whether it's, you know, goblins or witches or, you know, fairies or angels, you know, like paranormal yeah. energies, like connect to your, your inner child and uh, playfulness around Halloween and magic. And I would not recommend casting any spells during eclipse season. Really? And, um, Why? But, well, because, you know, they tell us, you know, Vedic astrologers also say that, you know, it, it is a time of sort of, um, of darkness and shadow because of the way that, you know, the, the moon is eclipsing the sun and blocking out light. Right. So we're, we're sort of feeling, that bleed over those two weeks until the Taurus eclipse. And then after that, so w- what I would recommend your like next window to do magic would be the Sag new moon, which is after, you know, um, the Taurus, I think t- Taurus full moon. So yeah. what I would tell people is just try to connect to magic or connect to the other side, maybe a sense of um, 
feeling the veil is thin on the 31st. I, I have this theory yeah. that like collectively we all put energies out into the universe. Like if there's a belief system that Ooh, Mercury retrograde yes. is going to be bad, people will feel yep. it and then it'll manifest yep. into the universe. I agree. I always think that too. And therefore that's why the veil is so thin at that time. Cause we feel it. We think it it's in our, it's in many minds and therefore it's yeah. 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 It's like the collective magic. Yeah. You're so right. Like it's like everyone's thought forms thinking at it at the same time is literally affecting the vibration of the planet. Yeah. And kids have a very powerful vibration and they are thinking it too. Cause I remember I was thinking it as a kid. Oh yeah, for sure. What about tarot? How about tarot during eclipse? Oh, I think, I think tarot is always great. I mean, I even think like tarot, um, doing tarot readings on, on the Scorpio eclipse, which is like a very psychic sign would be cool to do. I mean, I, I always believe in, um, I love those like angel card readings. I love, I believe everyone can receive divine guidance through those decks. Like people have to understand that you don't need some special, type you're like don't like I think there's a lot of spiritual perfectionism and like inadequacy like oh that person can do this and I can't do this so like of course tarot requires study and and stuff like that but if you have like if you feel called to a deck in a metaphysical store and you just shuffle it when you get home and you ask it a question and then it gives you divine guidance you should follow that yes absolutely I agree and also what's easier I mean like right here I have the writer weight tarot deck but I also really like Oracle decks. I love like Oracle. A lot of Fairchilds. Yeah. And yeah, because it's non-traditional. You can just, you know, pick a card that comes, you, what maybe it jumps out at you, or maybe you just yeah. feel attracted to a certain card and it will have a message. And it's just more simple than, you know, the Rider Waite Tarot is fun too. Yeah. But yeah. it's just so simple. Yeah. Have you had some really powerful tarot readings in your life? Oh yeah. And I even, I was just talking about this with, do you know who Claire Goodchild is? No, I'll check her out. Okay. Yeah. She's also a witch. She just has a book that came out and um, her podcast will be coming out the end of November, beginning of December. I can't remember, but go Claire. Claire. Yeah. She's awesome. I was telling her about how my aunt was here and I told you that she's also a witch and she had her Alana Fairchild deck. Uh, She was like, Oh yeah, just go through that. That's fun. But she had a very strong energy because she was going through a lot and I was kind of just going through it. I didn't really have any like strong intention or feeling, but she had so much force around her because of how intense life was for her in this moment. Um, And so a card jumped out when I was cleaning up and, you know, I just look, I pick it up when I was reading it. I had the sourdough bread stuck in my throat. And so I had her read it and I realized like she needed to read this message and she was crying because she felt like her dad came through and it was what we were talking about beforehand this oracle deck answered her question and especially her dad came through yes yes and her dad came through and she felt him and and I felt him and it was just so powerful so that was a recent one other than that I've had plenty myself as well how about you well, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, this sounds kind of sort of crazy, but I've never really had a tarot been wrong, <laughs> you know, like it's always right. like it's I, 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 it's completely 100% accurate every time, you know, and I find it to be interesting the way that um, maybe Gen Z and I mean, obviously millennials as well that or even Gen X, like everyone, like with the way they're relating to tarot through the internet, like clicking the pick a card readings, like on the, on Oh, TikTok I don't and, know about this. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's this thing on YouTube or TikTok where like people will be like, 
you, the tarot readers will put out a deck and they'll be like, okay, oh, you get to choose which one and then they'll read it. And a lot of people have emotional experiences just with those in the ether as well. I have actually experienced that. That was another wild experience of mine yet. And that was very, that was so weird. It was very specific. Can I tell you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, her card said that you're going to have exes reach out to you. And okay. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Literally had two exes message me that week, wow. which was so weird. And I'd never hear from them. And yeah, I mean, there was more to it. I just remember that specific part and that happened. I was like, wow, that's that kind of TikTok like, tarot. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of fits like my theory about like, the resonance of like our energy and vibration being mirrored to us through the internet. Like the internet is really like a metaphysical, astral, immaterial, Akashic place that is like, you know, being charged by our energy. So that's why we should have a responsibility with how we use it. And I think like I've said before, is that like, we can learn a lot about our woundings and trauma and shadow work by like the things we look up or our subconscious, um, like our, the internet is like our subconscious throw up. Right. So how we use it, we can also use it as a map um, and a tool to figure out what we need to work on about ourselves as well. Absolutely. Because it all comes out through that. So how do you personally approach your Oracle or tarot decks? Do you like send attention? Do you call someone in? Um, Do you, Hmm. Well, I always just call in my guides and angels and I, I will like mm-hmm. shuffle or like, have you, it's always crazy when a card falls out and you're like, Oh, I know that's it. That's always the one. <laughs> yeah. Always it, the one. Yeah. And um, I also, I want everyone to know with tarot and Oracle, like don't also internalize fear either because fate is always changing and destiny is always changing. You know, in that moment, something may yeah. feel very true, but you can also change your fate as well. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, also, another thing about my aunt, she had a reading a long time ago, I think in the 80s or 90s from Sylvia Brown. Do you know who wow. Sylvia Brown is? I yeah, know, right? Course. She's the biggest. They were big. big. And there are a couple of things she got right, but there's a, there's some things that have not manifested. But at the same time, like, look, you're only in your 60s. Life is still going to happen. We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. But you never know what's going to pivot, what's going to turn your future is never really, I feel like, set in stone. Yeah, yeah. No, def- definitely. And I think um, I always feel like that way with, with reality, like every morning, like I feel like I have a remote and I can like switch the channels to which version that I, that I want to bring in and what really, you know, that's a very abstract concept. But if you really think about it with like your conscious thoughts and behaviors and choices throughout the day, I mean, that is, that is really like how you create your own reality is, is by, but you also can be angry at yourself when you're not always doing that. Right. Because there is that period where unfortunately the shadow and the, the unconscious has to kind of vomit on all of us so that it can um, heal a lot of things. And so, you know, really appreciate those beautiful days like that are synchronistic and you go to bed yeah. and being like, wow, God guided me through this entire day or my angels guided me through this entire day. And I, I, this is the standard of what I want to experience on this planet. Mm, that is so, so beautiful. And I have to ask you about, um, you think shadow work as well. It helps with our manifestation, which I totally agree. Yes. But why do you think this? Well, because I've had very, very visceral experiences where I will do 
so much trudging shadow work and after miracles and manifestations will come in. It's literally like I cleared out blockages for light to come into my soul. Like, like I, I opened caves or something. Do you have a ritual around your shadow work or do you have a specific way of shadow work or do you just go through the process in a different way? I just kind of pen to paper, you know, like I'm just kind of like reflecting. I'm like, okay, what is something that recently hurt me or what made me very reactive? You know, what, 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 what caused pain in my childhood? What do I remember from my teenage years? Because remember everyone, like our twenties is dealing with the trauma from our teens and our thirties is dealing with the trauma from our twenties and it's just going to continue. So it's like, (laughs) there's always a lot of shadow work to work on. There's enough content for you in yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, in in all honesty, I'm 32 and there's a shadow that came up from my teens that I blocked. So you never know. You could, there could be something. Oh, I know. Yeah. The teen stuff is, is hard, harder to access for some reason. Like I can access the child stuff, but the teen stuff, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I really have to go deep. Yeah, yeah, you've probably blocked some things out. So maybe oh, a yeah. hypnosis state would help. That was actually <laughs> oh, I've one done thing. That, by the way. Oh, good. What how was your experience? With oh hypnosis? my God. I had the most amazing past life regression <laughs> with a hypnotherapist. Oh my cool. God. Yeah. It what, was what did you see? So cool. It was just um I saw like my 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 past life and and sort of the things that manifested in this life and um and uh sort of honoring the things that I want to be kind of like sacred and private about it, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 keep it. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. Like honoring um, certain abilities or, or things and, and sort of referencing. Um, I, I got to see how a lot from my past life has manifested in this one. And I also just found the experience to be very healing and therapeutic. And um, there was a beautiful affirmation that came out of it. That was just exactly oh, what I needed. And yeah. it was so powerful. So, you know, I'm I'm really grateful that I was able to do that. Before we go, do you ever float like float tanks? I've never done that. And I, but I'm very interested in trying that. Oh, it's so peaceful. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I love it. I mean, I, I wanted to go on the eclipse tomorrow, but I don't think my oh. schedule allows it. But I think it would just be so perfect. What is it like? Um. Oh, it's like the most like internal silence. I mean, a lot of people get freaked out and panic because they think they're dead because of how dark Honestly, it is. Honestly, I'm a little worried about that because I kind of have a claustrophobic issue because of a yeah. past life, apparently. Yeah. According to Ainsley McLeod. But yeah, I, I have a claustrophobic issue and that's one of the reasons why I haven't done the float take, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but there are some like really big ones that are not like that that are like rooms, like that are like like so that that aren't like where you feel like you can escape yeah it's not like a pod yeah I don't go in the pods I would I'd have to do a room where I feel like okay I have access to the door yes yes yeah yeah that you could definitely do a float room but yeah definitely that's also a eclipse um suggestion for sure oh that's awesome okay good to know I'm gonna see if there is one around here um is there anything do you have any other messages you have to share before I do Um, I wanted to let everyone know that um Monica Berg's new book is out the gift of being different that she wrote with her her daughter it's a children book and I think this is just a very uh, beautiful Monica is one of my favorite like thinkers and writers and, and just spiritualists and I'm very grateful for any time she speaks she always really resonates with me. And I think that, you know, a book that is going out into the world for children about viewing your differences as a superpower versus internalizing all that inadequacy could create a a lot of um, beautiful things in the world, you know? 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that she wrote a children's book. I remember saying that she is somebody that we love on this podcast. You're right. Yes. She is a powerful force, a wonderful speaker and writer. Yes. And yeah. And then also you guys remember pop magic is the book he wrote that Oh yeah, yeah. Pop magic is out there. Pop magic is out there. Um, (laughs) You know uh, uh, what I will say before I go is I haven't been doing nothing exactly, but um, pop magic is pop magic is still out there. And if it helps you or a friend, you know, please write me a letter, fan mail at alexkazemi.com because I have no social media accounts. But I would love to hear a letter if you listen to our pod and enjoyed it. I love that you don't have social media. I love not having social media. <laughs> it's oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy yeah. for you. I mean, it's... I'm going to, I know that you are forever not going to have it. I'm going to have it again one day, but. Do you think an I... assistant could run it for you? And like, you could text them stuff? Uh, no, I feel like I would, I would want to be the one to do it and connect with people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know? uh, some people need that, you know, some people yeah. need that. And I think that's very beautiful. But I guess like if I ever needed a break, but I still should have the presence, maybe I do the assistant thing. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, no, I just mean like in the point, like to control your level of sensory overload. Right. That makes sense. But it will still be in the back of my mind. Whereas right now it's literally not even in my mind and it's so peaceful. Yes. I love it. I love it for you. <laughs> I love it. I love you. I'm so thankful you, you came on for a second time. This conversation was wonderful. I love having just, chats that flow yes and we really hope that every word that we shared elevates the consciousness of everyone who listened yomis it is time for the outro thank you so much for tuning into be your own magic podcast for the creative and the curious soul and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge too, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts, some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send my love. Jai Mat.